Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 63 of Health Talk with Dr. Cal. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we're in part three of our series, What is Memory? In part one in podcast 61, we discussed short-term and long-term memory. Last week in podcast 62, we discussed memory and nutrition and the foods that can boost your memory. This week, we're discussing memory and exercise. Did you know that physical exercise may help boost blood flow to the body and the brain? There are mental exercises and games you can play to keep your memory sharp. Welcome everybody to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner and this is podcast number 63 and we're discussing memory and exercise. Please welcome to the show, Professor Dr. Kell. Hi everybody, hi Nikki. Hi Dr. Kell, how are you? Doing great, how about yourself? Doing really good, thank you. So before we get into exercise and memory, I would like to start with the quote. Okay, the future doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is now and our memory of what happened in the past. But because we invented the idea of a future, we're the only animal that realized we can affect the future by what we do today. And that's by David Suzuki. What are your thoughts on that, Dr. Kell? Nothing more clear than that. That's a good point. That's really what differentiates us from all the rest, right? And yeah. we're constantly being told we can become whatever we want to become, right? That's true. Yeah, you're, I mean, not everyone's told that, but most people are told, yes, you know, to dream big because you can be anything. Actually, you're right about that. That makes me think about in certain parts of the world, that's not true, is it? The, here in the United States, we, we tend to teach that, uh, but in other parts of the world and certain religions and certain political philosophies, uh, you're kind of pigeonholed. I remember, uh, you know, my uh, Ingrid and her parents from Germany. Even in Germany today, they give you tests and focus you towards given uh, jobs. Although I do remember even here taking a test when I was in high school, and and they recommended after t answering all these questions, they said I should become a nurse. Well, oh, I guess that meant I should go into healthcare, and I did. So that's true. Yeah. Huh. But, uh, you know, I mean, knowing those things where your, I suppose your specialties lie, your interests lie, can help guide you towards uh, what it is you might do with your life. But how are your interests developed through your experiences, which creates your memory, which then leads on to the next thing? That's true. I mean, it would be helpful to have a test that would tell you, you know, what you're going to be good at or what you're interested in, um, just to help you narrow it down, because some people have no clue. Yes, it's, it's very hard for a lot of people to decide what they want to do with their lives, and some never do. They're like, I'm happy to just become the extension of a machine and go to work, put in my eight hours, not have to think about it, and then go home and forget about the job and go on with whatever I enjoy in life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. everybody, you know, should do whatever they feel best about, I think, in that one. For me, it's always been uh, trying to come up with ideas and new things and help people and that's what I enjoy most. The inventor, the scientist. Yes, always trying yeah. out new things. Can't say I've ever been really successful at anything, but I keep trying. I think you're successful at a lot of things. It depends on your definition, right? Yeah. Society's definition of success is wealth. Um, to, there's a whole lot more to it than that, of course, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have a beautiful family. 
that you've, you know, helped to raise and uh, you help a lot of people with your career. Yes, um, and I've enjoyed, definitely can, could never say I'm, a, I'm poor, but I've never, I don't know that I would want to be wealthy. Uh, when I see people who are wealthy, they tend to be quite uh, self-absorbed. Can be. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're successful with your hands, you know, you adjust people, you create products, you know, your brain tells you what ingredients to use. I mean, there's lots of things that you do. Oh, yes. You're Absolutely. educating people. Yes, and it's fun. Yeah. It's wonderful. I enjoy it. Yeah. So tell your friends. Grow our listeners. If you like what we say and do here, uh, which we believe are helpful to all people, share it with your friends, please. Yeah, it's a, it's a constant reminder of ways that you can live a healthier life and feel better. Yes. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about now. Uh, memory and exercise. So important to have a good memory. And uh, functioning here in, in this world, uh, it's important to not just remember experiences, to remember the information you've learned so you can apply it in your life and enable you to uh, have a more uh, productive life. Yeah. So first thing, talking about uh, exercise can boost your memory and thinking skills. Just going to share with you, this is from <clears throat> health.harvard.edu in uh, February 2021. Uh, you probably already know that exercising is necessary to preserve muscle strength, keep your heart strong, maintain a healthy body weight, and stave off chronic disease such as diabetes. But exercise can also boost your thinking skills. There's a lot of science behind this, says Dr. Scott McGinnis, an instructor in neurology at Harvard Medical School. Exercise boosts your memory and thinking skills both directly and indirectly. It acts directly on the body by stimulating physiological changes such as reductions in insulin resistance and inflammation along with encouraging production of growth factors, chemicals that affect the growth of new blood vessels in the brain and even the abundance, survival, and overall health of new brain cells. Science has proven that chronic low-grade inflammation can turn into a silent killer that contributes to cardiovascular disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, and other conditions. So exercise in and of itself has been shown to help reduce inflammation in the body. Uh, have you ever exercised when you were sick? Um, sometimes, but not heavy exercise. Like when I was younger, like in sports and stuff, I would do my practices no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, well, they say actually that exercise, light exercise, can actually be beneficial during illness if you can because it gets the blood flowing, it gets the white blood cells moving around in your body, gets it closer to the infection sites and to where they can help fight the infection and uh, also gets the blood, just generally the cells in your body, they're swollen because they're not healthy. It gets them to open up and release the uh, the waste and helps bring healthy nutrients to the area. Now, someone, I remember the story about Jack LaLanne, how he was an avid exerciser, did so many things, you know, always promoting exercise and good eating all his life. And I believe he was 96 when he passed and uh, probably would have lived to be a lot older, but he was uh, convinced that you should exercise no matter what. And uh, just so happened he kind of exercised, overdid it, uh, they they feel that uh, one of the reasons he caught pneumonia because he wore a system down too much. And uh, I believe he typically would go exercise for like an hour and a half to two hours on a daily basis and, and decided to go ahead and do it anyway on that day. And, and unfortunately, it 
they say it uh, was too much for him. So, recommendation if you're ill or have injuries to promote your uh, improving your health or helping your body fight, helping it to heal, helping it to overcome illness, we recommend light exercise uh, even when you're sick. You said exercise can boost your memory and thinking skills. So directly by reducing insulin resistance and inflammation. And what was the new growth of? Encouraging production of growth factors. You know, there are certain um, chemicals in our body uh, that actually promote the growth of healthy cells. Things like uh, human growth hormone, uh, our own body's production of uh, hormones, testosterone, and a different you know, variety of many different hormones that actually help. You know, our body's constantly reproducing cells, different kinds of cells, everything from blood and other tissues in the body. Uh, are con- the old cells are dying off, new cells are being made. And so they're saying exercise actually promotes the production of these hormones, which then in turn promote the production of new cells as well as keep existing cells healthier because uh, they're uh, providing those substances that are necessary for cellular health. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Thank you. answer your question? See, here's another article. How exercise may help our memory be more sharp. We all need a sharper memory, right? Times, do you feel like your memory is dull? Mm-hmm. And what would you call a dull memory? Just like a slow memory? Yeah, that's what I think of. That sharp memory, they're quick to respond, come up with an answer. Otherwise, you know, maybe it's still there, but you've got to search for it. And, yeah. And uh, uh, find that connection. And, you know, you wonder really what's the brain doing when it's accessing its access points. And those memories are stored all over your brain, like we've talked about in the previous podcast on memory. Not just in one location in your brain, but uh, different you know, all the five sensory inputs that come into your brain are spread out throughout the brain. So when you're accessing a memory, it's pulling information from all over your brain. And those interconnections, those little nerve fibers, neurons that are all interconnected inside your brain, it's got to quickly go and get all those things. And if the process slowed down, it can take longer to access that memory. So exercise helps boost the speed of that process. And obviously through what we've already mentioned before, because you've got that the blood flows going, the nutrients are going to get where they need to be, the cells are going to function better, and therefore the transmission of that information is going to go faster. Here's in this article that I just mentioned. This actually came from the New York Times uh, in August of 2021. It shows how exercise may bolster brain health. It's been found that hormones produced by muscles during exercise can cross into the brain and enhance the health and function of neurons, improve thinking and memory in both healthy animals as well as in human beings. Testing has shown to improve even people with Alzheimer's and also with dementia. There's actually a hormone that was discovered called irisine and it was named after interestingly enough uh, the god iris in greek mythology see they found this hormone in fat tissue where it was sucked up by fat cells setting off a cascade of biochemical reactions that contribute towards turning ordinary white fat into brown fat brown fat is much more metabolically active than the far more common white type it burns large numbers of calories. So irisine, by helping to create brown fat, helps amp up our metabolism. We all need to improve metabolism, right? 
The studies strongly suggest that irisine lowers risk of dementia. Irisine's something new on the scene. You can look that up online, uh, Google it, and we'll talk more about it in the future. But uh, it uh, transforms white fat into brown fat, and brown fat is more utilized as energy in the body. And that process is occurs with exercise, improving brain function and memory in the process. 22 exercises to improve memory, cognition, and creativity. Let's mention these, 22 of them. Just lightly go over each one. Since there's so many of them, they're connected not only to exercise. These are exercises to improve brain memory. They're not necessarily a physical exercise, but a process which you could do to, to boost your memory, okay? Oh, okay. They, they fall into exercise. I think they're just a just different form of exercise. Meditation. Do you meditate every day, Nikki? Not every day. I should do it more. Meditation generally involves focusing attention in a calm, controlled way. Meditating may have multiple benefits for both the brain and the body. So, and we know that that's the case, right? Calming, relaxing. Actually, meditation can help bring back good memories and help your memory function. Visualizing more. Visualization. Forming positive mental images during meditation can be helpful. One of the things I do under hypnosis is I often have people visualize uh, once they're under hypnosis in their mind, they've gone somewhere, visited someplace, either a place they want to create or a place they've been. If they're trying to rid themselves of, a, of an addiction or help with sleep, things like that, especially they place those things like good food, eat right. Uh, often people are dieting, will will disconnect those things uh, in their mind in the, in the house or, or on the beach or wherever it is they want to go to so that they can visualize all those things and, and have the good places, take away the bad things, put them somewhere else, and take the good things and put them in another place. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Kind of all over the place there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, playing games, very good for the brain and the mind. Do you play games a lot? You mean like Uno and that kind of stuff? Card games, Uno, whatever it might be, just playing uh, other games. Not Keep... as much as we used to. Oh, well, maybe. What about you guys? They're, they're good family activities. Yeah, we do from time to time. We get together and have parties or do things with the kids. We, we'll get out games and play games. Those mm -hmm. are all good for the memory. Playing with memory cards. Do you ever do, you know, oftentimes with kids you do memory cards, but do you, most adults oh, don't do memory cards when they get older, right? Yeah, Flash that's a cards fun game, memory. though. Yeah. Like memory. Yeah, you, you remember that game where you can do with regular cards where you throw all the cards down, you look for the pairs and mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. to remember where I they were. That. Yes. Uh, jigsaw puzzles are a good one, too. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. Playing chess, a big one. Do you play chess? No, I don't. They mm -mm. say play chess is very good for memory. Uh, do you do that? I do play chess. Uh, most, most of my kids find it boring, uh, but uh, <laughs> I like playing it. Checkers, lower level of chess, but uh, once again, you're you're having to use your brain. Crossword puzzles. Do you do crossword puzzles? That's a big one. I remember my uncle always doing the crossword puzzles every day. And he, he, he did 82. His body kind of gave out, but his brain was still very sharp mm. at that point. So I always recommend crossword puzzles. Uh, learning new instruments, uh, taking up an instrument, uh, even in your old age, it's harder. They say it's much harder to learn as you get older because it's sinking in that information is more difficult. But uh, doing something mm -hmm. with your hands, which requires you to learn something, uh, also is very good at, at helping to main, maintain memory. Playing video games is on the list. So <laughs> there you go, there you go, kids. 
playing video games, socializing yeah. with other people, having interactivities with others and communicating and talking, that's very good for your memory. So isolating yourself, bad for memory. Learning a new skill, mention that with like things like music or, or other activities, just teaching yourself something, learning a new game or whatever it might be. Increasing your vocabulary. Reading is a big one. Uh, continuing to read and, and learn through reading, uh, whether it's textbooks or stories, whatever it might be. Do you think watching TV is probably good for the brain? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, eh, yeah. It does interact with your emotions. And uh, I think, though, staring at the TV all day long and just listening to people jabber, you can kind of zone out, right, and uh, mm -hmm. go into another world. So I wouldn't put TV at the top of the list, but it's probably better than uh, staring at the wall. That's what I was thinking. It's better than sitting by yourself doing nothing for your brain, probably. But, yeah, there's times where you watch it and you, like, numb yourself out so you don't have to think at all. Uh, versus sometimes you're, like, interested in what you're watching and it's, like, educating you. So I think the different types of programming... Can make a difference taking up new hobbies you like to dance right uh before covid uh, ingrid and i uh had some dancing lessons and we really enjoyed that and covid hit and we stopped doing it we still are, are paid in advance for dancing lessons that reminds me we need to oh. i'm sure ingrid would really like it if i told her yes let's go back and do our take our dancing lessons again yeah i remember we took some dancing lessons before our wedding and then we got to the reception and i forgot all the forgot all the <laughs> steps or some of them it was very embarrassing Sports, engaging in sports, practicing Tai Chi. Well, tai Chi is a big one That's that you see throughout Asia. People doing Tai Chi to keep their brain active and moving and finding peace. How about sleeping? We all like that one, right? Yes, that's a Get good one. Get more sleep. Let's just discuss a little bit more exercise. Do you exercise every day? Um, I Probably, yeah. Some sort of walking or running or... How long do you alone? go? Yeah. Anywhere from 15 minutes to 30 minutes, sometimes more, depending on, you know, what we're doing. Yes, and, you know, it's hard when you get older, if you, especially if you've got physical problems. Like my mother-in-law, who's 87, is having a real tough time with her memory and her body's kind of given out. And so it's really hard for her to get any exercise, uh, which is what she needs because of her memory is in decay. And my own mother, same thing, 89, uh, she can't move enough to keep the blood flowing and uh, the blood mm. flowing is so important to the memory. So you kind of, wow. you don't want to stop. If you can still move, keep moving, get moving, get up and move, get off that couch. Get out there and move. People, I, a lot I, of people around here have like their daily walks. Like I see tons of people out walking all throughout the day. I truly think walking a, a faster, brisker walk is the best exercise out there. You get your heart pumping, but not too much. It gets everything moving around in your body. Again, you know, we mentioned earlier, if you're sick, you can help the inflammatory process improve and obviously getting more blood to the brain and helping the memory and helping your general health just by getting out and walking. So uh, yeah. we recommend that. Uh, join a gym, do whatever. Also, uh, it's often found that a good way to produce good hormones, especially also related to memory, is do the type of exercise where you're going fast for a short time and then slow for a while. Fast and slow, fast and slow. Like sometimes I get on the treadmill and go really fast for a minute or two and then just walk for five to ten minutes and then really fast for a minute or two. Those kinds of things can be very helpful as well. Uh, doing extreme heavy exercise unless you're a bodybuilder i don't recommend it create more tissue damage there and create more inflammation in the body when you overdo it 
Mm-hmm. So like interval training is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other comments, Nikki? Okay, no, but I love the list of things that you gave us because, you know, like we're talking about memory and exercise. So what you're talking about, anything from physical exercise to memory exercises, using your brain in ways, games, you know, crossword puzzles, socializing. There's all different ways to use your your brain to exercise it. And that includes the physical exercise. I loved, I didn't realize, I figured it would just be exercise, like running, lifting weights, that kind of thing, sports. But there's lots of ways to exercise your brain. And yes. they're all important. Input, constant input. That's what we need to keep our brain active. Yeah, One you got to use it or, or lose it, right? Use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. I like, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Same with muscles. Use it or lose it. Yes. Your brain, your heart. All the organs, everything is, it's like an old car. An old car sits there not being used too long and you go to start it up years later. Oftentimes you got to replace all kinds of parts because they don't work anymore because all the seals have have stopped uh, and gotten crusty and, and lost mm. their elasticity and moving, moving, moving. And, and uh, thinking is moving. So it, it's just not about uh, the physical, you know, the motion of every... Uh, muscle in your body to get it moving but the movement of your thoughts uh, keeping your mm-hmm. your thoughts continually flowing and moving and working and also taking those breaks are of significant importance too like when sleeping that's when your brain replenishes many chemicals throughout the body and uh, uh, so you need all that going on as well i'm glad you mentioned that i was just thinking that like how sleeping is so important for your memory too like you just wake up groggy if you don't get enough sleep. Yes, and that's because yeah. you, your body produces needed nutrients and chemicals throughout your sleep cycle. And if you don't get sleep, you don't replenish. And if you don't replenish, then you're not supplying not only your brain, but other organs and systems in your body uh, with the proper nutrients to continue to exist. All right. Well, thank you, Professor Dr. Kell. I feel like I have lots of things to do to improve my memory. Don't stress out about it. Remember, stress adds to uh, the wrong hormones being created and leads to poor memory. Yeah. There's lots of things to do, though. I mean, this just gives you lots of ideas of how to... Yes, pick one or two that sound good to you and go do them. Yeah. It's just like when you remind us what the healthy foods are. Like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could do this. I could eat that. I could eat that. Yeah, it's a great reminder. So thank you for sharing all of those with us. Yes, it's my pleasure. And and just think about that, too, with any of the things that we tell you. Starting them cold turkey and trying to cut off completely whatever you're doing. Sometimes it's important. Some people can't switch gears unless they make a complete cut away. But for the average person, transition, I think, is a better way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Slowly stop doing like the it. things that are detrimental to you and slowly add in the things that are good for you. Absolutely. Thanks Nikki. for listening, everyone. I hope you learned something today about how to exercise to improve your memory. Yes, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we appreciate and hope that you'll share this podcast with your friends and family and continue to enjoy it. All right. Thanks, Dr. Kellen. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Nikki. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. For questions or comments, please email us at healthtalkwithdrkell at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-L-L at gmail.com. 
You'll find the lowest prices on standard process whole food supplements at holistichealth.standardprocess.com. As always, we recommend you seek nutritional advice from a qualified healthcare professional before starting a supplement program. And for natural and organic health and hygiene products, see our sponsor's website at oceanbaynaturals.com. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.